This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Matt, and today's game will be a home court advantage match pitting the Benchwarmer team of Scott and Dan versus our returning guest and head coach of our Patreon team, Philip Sanford. Welcome back to the bench, Philip. Why don't you take a minute to remind us of where you're from and what teams you root for? Uh, yes, my name is Philip Sanford. Uh, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, um, not too far from uh, from my uh, trivia teammate, Dan Lumberg, who I'm going to be competing against tonight. You know, a little spoiler alert, but uh, um, you know, teams I root for, uh, root for Seton Hall Pirates, uh, all, all sports, but, you know, primarily men's basketball. When I say all sports, I just they just were in the uh, NCAA tournament for men's soccer, and I actually got to see them play uh, here in Charlotte there. Um, and but before they got eliminated by the Indiana Hoosiers over in uh, in the uh, Raleigh area. Um, outside of that, I you know grew up. My my biggest teams growing up were both in baseball, the Detroit Tigers, and uh, my hometown, Cleo Mud Hens. Um, other than that, you know, I just really cheer for you know um, you know outside of Seton Hall, just really a lot of basketball teams I follow. Um, just just casually NBA, college basketball, women's basketball. Uh, one of my little niche sports that I think has come up here a couple times is uh, uh, I'm a runner and a running coach, and I actually follow uh, track and field uh, fairly closely. I, I know they're it's a, it's a tough sport to follow really really closely just with the variety of events and uh, and just lots of different times that you can. You drive yourself insane trying to follow uh, follow all the times, and then uh, uh, internationally, I follow uh, Everton in the Premier League. Awesome! All right, well, welcome back, and Dan and Scott, let us know how you're doing tonight, and uh, are you going to have a team name or just be called the Benchwarmers? Let us know. We don't have a team name. Nope. You just call us us. That's fine. Yeah, we're, we're just us. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited uh, to have Philip back on. I uh, enjoyed last time he was on. I'm looking forward to being a fly on the wall of this, uh, what might turn into a one versus one matchup here, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> I hope it's not a spectator game for me. I did my studying, uh, so we'll see if that uh, comes in handy here. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Daniel? This is going to be my third uh, my third home court advantage game but i've hosted the other two that i've been on so i've never been on this end of it before and i'm not not looking forward to it i guess i am i don't know i i, I don't know much about um certain topics that i'm sure are going to be broached tonight um i, I you know scott i'm gonna lean. i'm gonna lean on you right. <laughs> just a reminder these home court advantage games are where one guest has a game written 100 in their wheelhouse and they face off against two bench warmers so the teams, leagues, etc., that Philip gave us are Seton Hall University, Big East Basketball, College Basketball, the Detroit Tigers, the Toledo Rockets, and the Toledo Mudhens. And I would like to thank David Lux for helping me with this game tonight. I know everyone's going to roll your eyes, but I did have some writer's block and I needed some help. So uh, David helped me with these. Great. <laughs> I, I love David. So, oh, I love him too. He, he he writes very good questions. They're just tough. Well, we'll see how tough they are. Hopefully, they're not that tough. Let's roll throw it over to Dan for the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. 
This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. It's time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. For this tailgate, it's where do they currently play? I'll give you the team. You give me the name of their stadium. If you give me a former name or a generally accepted nickname, it'll be okay. I'll be okay with that also. So here we go. Question one. Start off easy with the softball. The Seton Hall Pirates men's and women's basketball teams. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and check in. All right. Phillips checked in. Dan and Scott. I'm sure you know what it's called, right, Dan? I don't. I know I, I don't pay attention to I, I I very rarely pay attention to college basketball and especially not the Big East. I mean I pay attention to the You're, players. That's I, not going to bode well for you in this game. I'm telling you that right now. I know <laughs> I don't pay attention to the names of the stadiums or the arenas. Oh. Let's see where where is it? It's in um it's in New Jersey. Yep. It's in um do they play on campus or do they play do they play in a you know multi team? Uh, they probably play on campus. I just it doesn't help. I I don't know if it's you know named after a famous alumni or something. I'm sure it's got a, a a corporate sponsorship. Yeah, everything does now. You don't think it's named after Movon? No, no. <laughs> Come on, I maybe need to get maybe a maybe like the Scott on that one. Maybe the if they have like a batting cage or something, it could be you know the Movon <laughs> batting cage. I doubt the entire <laughs> arena for basketball is named after Mo. And by the way, just let you guys know, with that question that Josh asked about move on, like, like I, I had in there something about like, like, you know, his, where he turned into like a pro MVP. It wasn't like diabolical, like he kept it at. So, yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely turned it up a notch. I'm like, well, no, he's going to get this now. So, yeah. yeah, that would have helped. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Dan. I'm just wondering if this is a place that, you know, that, that hosts other teams like do the is, is this where the devils play oh maybe uh right i mean it would have to be them right it's not going to be obviously not the nets and that's not there anymore well were the Nets? maybe where the nets played yeah. before they moved to brooklyn um oh man what was it called um, um is this um is this the prudential center Th- that's to say that the, the building i'm thinking of yeah is the prudential center i have no idea whether seton hall plays there or not. that's definitely where the nets played though for sure 100 percent. all right let's let's go with that that he apparently this was supposed to be a softball so <laughs> this could be fun <laughs> okay and philip what do you have we'll check in with the prudential center okay I, yeah i assumed <laughs> philip what do you have all right so, so one, one little piece of clarification women's that they play on campus so women play at, at a at historic walsh gymnasium on campus where the the men men play at Walsh Gym like preseason plus like one regular season game. But the men, it is in beautiful arena right in the middle of downtown Newark, uh, Prudential Center. Oh, my mistake. Uh, when I Googled it, it said that they host both women's and women's. So really, my apologies. You just used the word uh, beautiful and Newark in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, yeah. Uh... <laughs> 
All right. So yeah, also uh, it has also been referred to as uh, Newark Arena or The Rock, which refers to The Rock and the Prudential Loco. The answer is the Prudential Center in New Year Newark, New Jersey. Both teams getting points there. And we'll move on to question number two: the Detroit Tigers. Hopefully, this is a softball for you guys. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm also locked in. <laughs> All right, Phillips locked in. Phillips checked in. Um, and yeah. Oh, jeez, did I do it? Oh my. No, it was Matt. It wasn't no, it was just Matt. Me. And Matt does Matt. that I'm... once every couple episodes. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm checked in. Yes. I've been to Comerica Park. Yeah, this is obviously Comerica. Um, yeah, I like Comerica Park. It's a nice park. Yeah, I haven't been, but I, it, I always like it. It always looks fun. Saw the Twins win there. That was nice. Matter of fact, I am undefeated when seeing the Twins play on the road. So I need to go on more more road trips. Yeah, twins. <laughs> yeah we're checked in with uh, Comerica Park, Matt. Sounds good. And Philip, uh, I, I also checked in with uh, Comerica Park. Uh, uh, it's not quite the uh, the old stadium at the corner of Michigan and Trumbull, but yeah, it's it's but Comerica Park. Been been there many many times. You don't take your life into your own hands going there, though. Not not anymore. Not anymore. Because four four fields across the street, there's uh, the uh, Fox Theaters on the other side, and now the Little Caesars Arena is just a couple blocks after you cross uh, 75. It's just a couple blocks down Woodward. Pretty close to Greektown, too, isn't it? Yep. Very close. And the casino, yeah, the casino is a couple blocks, uh, a few blocks away as well. Um, interestingly enough, you know, the um, Tigers and Red Wings, Little Caesars Pizza, Little Caesars Arena, and Greetown Casino are all owned by the Illich family. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Comerica secured the naming rights when the park opened in 2000, and even though that their headquarters moved to Dallas, uh, they've retained the naming rights ever since. The answer is Comerica Park. Both teams getting points. Screw anyone that goes to, moves to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody likes those people. We'll move on to question number three, a little tougher for you guys. What park does the Toledo Mud Hens play at? I, I'm going to uh, um, I'm going to check in here as well. I, I was just there. I was just at this, this park a couple weeks ago. <laughs> All right, Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. Um, if you give me a second, I might be able to pull this. Take all the seconds you need, and if you need an additional place that, to go, that's completely fine with me as well. Um, no, um, well, because here's here's the deal. Um, when Philip was at this park um he posted a picture of being there mm-hmm. and i without because I, I didn't have access to facebook at the time so i was trying to figure out where he was so i did my uh my best facebook sleuthing to figure out what stadium he was in and i saw the name um of the stadium and i even wrote it down at one point so you'd think i'd be able to remember this right <laughs> maybe but you know what? I need to go back to where I was walking at the time. Yes. Retrace your steps. No, no, no. I know what it was. I, I now I know what it was. It was, um, yeah, it's, I, I remember I, I, I'd heard of the name of this, of this bank when I went to, uh, to a uh, mission for the first time. And I thought this is the stupidest name of a bank I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and then, um, they have them down here. Um, it's, uh, it's fifth, fifth, third field is, is where they play. Yeah. That's a terrible name for a bank. Yeah, fifth, third bank. <laughs> All right, checking in with that. Yep. And Philip. Yep, it's a fifth third field. I like Dan stole my. Yeah, I was just there, uh, end of end of April uh, to see an, an alternate site, Tigers versus uh, Pirates. So yeah, fifth third field. 
That is correct. Fifth third field opened in 2002 and has a capacity of just over 10,000. The Ohio-based Fifth Third Bank secured the naming rights when the park opened and has the naming rights to four other stadiums in pro and college sports. Yep. Uh, they have, let me, let me see if I can name them. Uh, the Dayton Dragons or whatever, the minor league baseball team, that for sure. I think they have the arena in Cincinnati. I think that's Fifth Third Arena now. Somebody needs to secure the naming rights to Fifth Third Bank and rename it. That's what they need to do. <laughs> they can just call it like Goliath National Bank or something. Yes, GNB. Yeah. All right. So score updates here after the tailgate. Both teams have 30 points. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be The Odd One Out. The odd one out. For this quarter, there will be five categorized questions containing lists of six items. The teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one of the odd one out. Which of these NCAA men's basketball players is not in the top five of all-time scorers since 1948? Alfonso Ford, Chris Clemens, Lionel Simmons, Freeman Williams, Hersey Hawkins, or Pete Maravich? I'm going to check in. All right. Phillips checked in. Dan and Scott, talk it out. I know some of these names. Yeah. I mean, um, Maravich is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Chris Clemens is on there. I think Lionel Simmons is. I, I think I remember that. Chris, Chris Clemens from, from Campbell. Um, you said Lionel Simmons, you think? I think so, yeah. I think he's in. I mean, he was such a prolific scorer. I think he's still in. The, if he's not anymore, it's because he got a cliff, but he was certainly in there for a long time. Okay. I don't really. I don't know much about Freeman Williams. I don't either, um, which unless Matt's being cute, leads me to believe they're on the list. He's on the list. Yeah, but people have been getting cute lately. <laughs> Matt specifically. Remember when he dressed, that one week when he dressed like Marcus? That was... <laughs> That was crazy. No? <laughs> uh, yeah, same with Alfonso Ford. It's a name I recognize, but I, I don't, I can't really recall too much of his playing prowess. And then Hersey Hawkins kind of stands out. I know he's a good scorer, but I don't know if he was that good of a scorer. I mean, I bet he's in the top 10. Right. Or else he probably wouldn't be on the, he probably wouldn't have been included. He could very well be in the top five. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know um, Freeman Williams at all. I don't either. At least Alfonso Ford, I've, I've heard that name. I don't know in what context, but I've heard the name. Maybe that means he's on the list. Maybe. What, what's your gut? What's your gut, Sam? Hersey Hawkins stood out to me initially. Let's let's do it then. All right. I, I have no other way of differentiating between the three that we don't know. So. All right. So we're going to check in with Hersey Hawkins. And Philip? Um, so, yeah. So I, I, my, my reasoning was similar to, you know, to these guys. And I think... I think the top three are Maravich, Williams, and, and Clemens. Because Clemens is the one from 
he just, he was just playing with Campbell. Like he, he just played recently. I know that he came really close. So I also checked in with, with Hersey Hawkins because I mean, out of all these guys, I mean, obviously Maravich is the most famous, but you know, Hawkins, I think is the only one who really had a actual good pro career, but he was good in college. And I, and I agree with Dan. I, I, I would be willing to bet that he's top 10, but I, I went with him as, as not being top five. All right. Both teams getting points. The answer is Hersey Hawkins. I uh, was going to do number six on the list. That's Dougie. That's Dougie McDermott. I know number six. Yep. Doug McDermott. Yeah. Uh, Maravich one, Williams two, Clemens uh, number three. Philip was correct there. Lionel Simmons number four from LaSalle and Alfonso Ford number five from Mississippi Valley State. Um, shout out to Campbell University Camels. Yeah, fighting camels. <laughs> just just a couple hours from me. Fighting camels. Steve, Steve Bonneman. <laughs> yep, Steve. Yes, good friend Steve Bonneman is the one, the, one of the librarians at oh, Campbell University. Funny. All right, both teams getting points there, and we'll move on to question number two. Which of these Major League Baseball players did not play for the Toledo Mudhens? Gabe Kapler, Kirby Puckett, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Omar Infante, or Octavio Dotel. Dan, I'm I'm like 98%. Are you? Yes. That's good to know. Yep. This is one of the things I researched prior to playing. Oh. I just looked at this like 15 minutes before we started. I'm more sure about this than I am most questions on this podcast. I I, I, I trust you then. <laughs> All right. We're, che- we're checking in. All right. Dan and Scott are checked in. Philip, I guess you can talk to yourself if you'd like. <laughs> yep. So, so no, yeah, because I'm still kind of, I, I'm, I'm leaning one way. Um, it's, it's either going to be Scherzer or Dotel um, because the other, other ones came up in the system, you know, Kapler with the Tigers, uh, Puckett with the twins, because the Tigers were, were, were the twins, triple a in the, or either double a or triple a in the eighties. Um, uh, Verlander with the Tigers and Fonte with the Tigers. I, I've watched, I watched many, you know, Mudhens games with Verlander and Infante playing. Now it's a matter of who did injury rehab in, in Toledo, either Scherzer or Dotel. Um, I'm leaning towards saying that Scherzer did because I think if Dotel, you know, he, he was he was so old when he, and, and not like of course it's relative, but you know he played in the majors for so long. I think if he just you know, Tigers would have just, you know, shut him down versus just putting him down for rehab in uh, Toledo. So I'm going to lock in with uh, Octavio Dotel has never played with the Mudhens. Okay. And I'm going to turn it over to Scott. So evidently he knows it. So Scott, what do you have for an answer? All right. Uh, so, yeah, I just looked at this list pretty recently, um, like about an hour ago. And I remember seeing Kirby Puckett on there because I thought, oh, that'll probably come up with Matt hosting at some point. So that kind of stayed with me there. Um, and then I remember, I definitely remember seeing Gabe Kapler's name. I remember seeing Max Scherzer's name, the name I don't remember seeing at all. And I definitely would have remembered if it was on there was Justin Verlander. So, um, and Fonte makes a lot of sense just around the time that he came up and him being a utility infielder. A lot of those guys do go to AAA. They're not the top prospects usually that skip AAA. So I, and Fonte makes sense that he would be there. So ultimately, uh, because again, one of my favorite pitchers of my lifetime of watching baseball. I would have remembered if I saw his name on the list and I don't recall it. So we checked in with Justin Verlander. And one team getting points. The answer is Justin Verlander. The highest level of minors that Verlander made it to before being called up to the majors was double a Erie, Pennsylvania sea wolves. Yeah. I think he jumped up. Really? Man. 
do rehab starts count, Matt? I did look at it pretty thoroughly. So here, let me verify it. Just be just a second here, guys. Wait now, hold on a second. Damn it. He did? Yeah, he did do two games with Toledo in 2015. So they all played for the, for the Mud Hens. Ah, crap. So after further review, I was incorrect. I thought that uh, I'm looking back, I see that uh, Justin Verlander did play for Toledo for two games in 2015. Must have been on a rehab um, assignment. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to give both teams points here. And because uh, I threw a curveball, <laughs> not as good as Justin Verlander's, but anyway, so <laughs> and no shade on uh, David. I'm not sure that he gave me that that question. So it might have been uh, some I don't know where I got that from. So, OK, so both teams getting points here. So uh, we'll move on to question number three. Which of these six players did not score at least 2000 points in his college basketball career? Luke Herringotti from Notre Dame, Scotty Reynolds from Villanova, Terry Deher from Seton Hall, Ray Allen from Connecticut, Alan Ray from Villanova, or Malik Seeley from St. John's. Rest in peace, Malik Seeley. You know, I'm going to check in. All right. Phillips checked in. Dan and Scott, you can chat it out. All right. Yeah, this this one is tough, Dan. Um, Herringotti has to have done it. Uh, he played, I mean, he was like a four-year guy. He was the top scorer. He won Big East Player of the Year. Yeah. I would have to imagine he did. Uh, I mean, Terry DeHare also won Big Big East Player of the Year during one of his seasons, and he was really prolific at Seton Hall in the early 90s. I mean, Ray Allen only played three years, right? Yeah, but I, he could still very well be on here, though. He scored a lot. Allen Ray is interesting because he was very, very good on those Villanova teams, but he also shared a backcourt with Randy Foy and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. So they certainly could have, you know, chipped into his overall scoring output, even though, again, he was a four-year guy and he did score a lot for them. And then Sealy, I'm trying to remember if how long he played at St. John's for, because he certainly seems like he would have been one of the earlier guys to maybe make the jump after just a couple of years. And then Scotty Reynolds, I mean, I remember the hidden from Villanova, Hear me out on this. How many games you play a year, college? Uh, you know, I mean, depends on if you make the tourney or not, but maybe 45. Mm, that's a lot. 45 seems a lot. I think like 30 and 0 is a, is a mark. Yeah, I guess so. So I guess maybe, so maybe 35 games if you make the tourney. Okay, so Ray Allen would have played maybe 100 games. Yeah, yeah. Did he score 20 points a game? In college, probably not. That's the only reason I asked that because I know he was only in school for three years. And then I started wondering about how you could, how you could get to 2000 in three years. I mean, right. you'd have yeah, to, you'd have to average a lot. You're right. And he did have Donnell Marshall there for a couple of years too, cutting into his, that's the only thing I have to say about that. But if you, if any of these like no, speak to you, you know, they don't, that's the thing they, they don't, but I liked it. Thank you, Matt, for having Ray Allen and Alan Ray both on here. Did it for you, bud. Uh, yeah, I'm good with going with Ray Allen. Your, your logic makes a lot of sense. All right. We'll check in Ray Allen and Philip. Uh, I, I also checked in Ray Allen and Dan, Dan, you, you stole my thoughts on why I checked in with, with Ray Allen. Uh, the fact that he, he did not play for four years. And the only other one on here that I wasn't sure about in terms of playing for four years was Malik Seeley, but um, all the other ones I knew played for four years. And I also checked in with uh, Ray Allen. Both teams getting points there. The answer is Ray Allen, which is three years at UConn. 
Ray finished his college career with 1,922 points scored. Wow, cool. Uh, just uh, just for reference, Malik Seeley with St. John's had 2,401 points. Wow. wow. Uh, Luke uh, Harangadi had 2,476. Terry DeHare had 2,491. And what were the other names? Uh, Scotty Reynolds had 2,222. Alan Ray had 2,025. So there you go. Moving on to question number four of the odd one out. Which of these six Major League Baseball teams were the Toledo Mudhens, never the affiliate four? The Phillies, Twins, Reds, Tigers, the Cleveland Baseball Club, or the Yankees? I'm going to check in. Dan and Scott, feel free to talk it out. All right. I know the Tigers and the Twins. Okay. Yankees, I'm pretty sure. I think so, too. I think they, they were like a classic affiliate of the Yankees. Yep, I think I remember that. I, the Phillies seems like they might have been as well. I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, I was thinking the uh, the current team that plays in Cleveland. Um, yeah, because just because they're you know it's just across the state. Although they're so's the so Cincinnati. Well, I was thinking it's probably one of the two Ohio ones on here because they're the obvious. What makes you th- what makes you think the Phillies? Do you? Uh... It would be just from like uh, playing video games when they would have the minor league affiliates. I feel like I remember at some point just seeing that the the mud hens had some players that went on to the Phillies because the, the twins and the tigers, the the tigers have been there since, Oh man, mid late eighties. Yeah. And the twins were directly before them. So we're talking if, if any of these other teams had to be sixties and seventies, I don't know. I think I'd also go towards Cleveland being the team or being the one that's not being the the odd one out the odd one out yeah okay i think you're right i think it's either cleveland or cincinnati yeah i just don't i mean i, I suppose it could be it could be philadelphia too um yeah i I don't, I don't know all right i'd say pick one between uh cleveland and cincinnati and we just go with it i think of the two i'd probably pick cleveland all right we'll check in cleveland and philip so i i checked in i checked in cincinnati i could Thinking back, I, I knew the only two that I didn't know for sure were, were Cincinnati and, and the Yankees. And I just went with, um, cause I don't remember any sort of history with the, with the Reds. So I, I checked in with uh, Cincinnati Reds. One team getting points. The answer is the Cincinnati Reds. Of course. The uh, Mud Hens were the affiliate initially from the Yankees, from of the Yankees when they started in 1965 and the 66 season. Then they went to the Tigers from 67 to 73. Then the Phillies, 74 to 75, Cleveland from 76 to 77, then with the Twins to 78 to 86, and then from the 87 season on, again with the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, they, they, and, and the Tigers are by far the closest team to Toledo for, uh, in yeah. terms of ge- geography. I think the Mudhens are one of, those, uh, one of those minor league teams that have like, are, seem to come up in pop culture a lot. So, mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. people, people know who they are. All right. Good deal. Moving on to question number five and odd one out. Which of these six players is not in the top five all-time Tigers home run hitters? Miguel Cabrera, Norm Cash, Hank Greenberg, Willie Horton, Al Kaline, Lou Whitaker. Uh, I'm going to check in. All right, Dan and Scott, feel free to chat. Okay, so Al Kaline has got to be number one. 
uh, this is another list that I studied right before we started. I know Norm Cash is on it. I know Cabrera's on it. I know Greenberg's on it. K-Line's, I'm, I'm, I'm positive K-Line's number one. K-Line has, K-Line has almost 400 home runs. Yep. Um, so that would leave us Horton and Whitaker. Between those two, I got, I say Whitaker. Um, let me let me think. Whitaker showed up on a bunch of so I looked up homers, hits, games played, because I figured we'd have a list like this on here. Whitaker's definitely on games played. Whitaker's a compiler. Yeah, he's definitely on hits. Yeah, I think it's Whitaker. I he wasn't on all three lists. Uh, there were only a few guys that made all three lists, and he I know he was only on two of them. So I'm gonna yeah, I think the homer list is the one he wasn't on. Uh, between him and Horton, I, I would think it would have to be Whitaker. If you're sure the other ones are on. There, I'm, I'm sure of the other ones. Yeah, let's go Whitaker. All right. Matt, we're checking in with Lou Whitaker. And Philip? Um, I, I checked in with somebody who is not in the Hall of Fame and should be in the Hall of Fame uh, and, and is not even being considered by, by the, the stupid veterans committee or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, it's uh, uh, Lou, He's close, but he's not top five, uh, Lou Whitaker. He's really, really close to top five, though. Yep, I agree with you on all accounts there. The answer is sweet Lou Riddick, Whitaker. But at least Jack Morris made the hall. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> I know how to trigger Phil. <laughs> Jack Morris in the 6.47 ERA or whatever. I was going to put Cecil on there because he was just outside the top five, but I thought that would be a little bit of a, that would make it even extra hard. So I thought I'd, Lou Whitaker, I think was number, I'm going to say like number nine. Yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he was never known as a power hitter. He he's one of the best power hitting second basemen, especially yeah. for guys who who didn't play in a you know, yeah, you know, beefed up era. Beefed up, yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. After the first quarter, we have a score of Dan and Scott with one hundred and ten, and Philip with one hundred and thirty. That'll take us on to today's second quarter, which will be sporting haikus. Sporting Haikus. For this quarter, there will be five questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 20 points. Sporting Haikus, question number one. A-L-N-L, great. First to win W-S in both. Skipper of year twice. We're going to check in. All right, Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. It's got to be Sparky Anderson, right? Yeah, I think so. With the Reds and the yep. and the Tigers. Tigers, yeah. Yeah. You check in with that. Yeah, we'll check in with Sparky Anderson. And Philip. Uh, I'm. I also checked in with uh, Sparky Anderson. And both teams are getting points. The answer is Sparky Anderson. After his one solid year in Major League Baseball as a player, Sparky took over as manager of the Reds in, the, in 1970. And even though he won two World Series there, he was never manager of the year there. Those two came when he was with the Tigers in 1984 and 87. So good job on both. Getting that one pretty quickly. That'll take us on to question number two in Sporting Haikus. Seven MVPs. Pirates, Tigers, Bullets, Spurs, Champs, I'm sorry, Champ in 99. I'm going to check in. I, I, I think I know this. I think I know the curveball here. Just a little. 
All right. If if I if I'm right with my answer. Dan and Scott, talk it out. Someone that played I don't know, did someone play uh baseball and basketball? Well, not necessarily, right? Pirates can be they you know, the pirates and tigers could easily be called. Oh, I, I'm assuming this names. is I'm assuming this is a Seton Hall alum. Yeah. So Tigers could be, I don't know, they could have played, maybe they transferred to a school named Tigers or, and then Bullets and Spurs. Champa 99 with the Spurs. So I put a bunch of guys that I know were on that roster in the chat to you. None of them went any to any of them. None of them went to Seton Hall. Right. So now I. Can you think of anybody else that was on that team? Yep. Will Purdue, but we know it's not him. It's not him. Um, so that's what eight or nine guys there. So I mean, this is going to be real bottom of the bench, probably a forward bullet. So they would have played in the, on the bullets earlier in the nineties. So how did this person not come up in my Seton Hall alumni research? If we're talking the end of the bench on the ninety nine Spurs. Okay. We have to be because I mean, I, I'm not your guy, right? I mean, Sean Elliott, Robinson, Duncan, Del Negro, Avery Johnson, like those are the the, the main guys there. Malik Rose, I mean, he didn't go to Seton Hall. Oh man, yeah, I and then the bullets, I outside of the you know, Strickland, Juwan Howard, Chris Weber, Rashid Wallace, bullets teams, I, I don't. I can't recall too many guys that played for them during the nineties. I'm thinking that this is somebody who went to Seton hall, played bit roles on those two teams, ended up winning the title and probably, probably on the Carlissimo teams. Like those, the, that tigers the thing is probably teams. a, you're right. It's probably like a, a lower basketball league or something right, or, or even, yeah. even a, Old. even an international league or something like that. I, yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. And I, again, I, I don't, I can't, I've exhausted probably the nine or 10 names from the 99 Spurs. I'll yeah, know it, the name when I hear it, but it's not any one of those that you wrote. So I mean, yeah. So we know we don't have the answer here. So let's, uh, <laughs> what do we say? Do we say uh, do we say it was Terry DeHair, even though we know he wasn't on that team? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, Terry DeHair. All right, Terry DeHair. for zero points. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Philip, what did you check in with? All right, so so if 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 my you know thought is is right, if my you know, check in is correct, that Dan, you're close to it. That the the seven MVPs. If, if I'm answers correct, seven MVPs would have been in Australia. Uh, I'm going to check in with Andrew Gaze. One team or one person getting points here. The answer is, answer is Andrew Gaze. Andrew was a seven-time National Basketball League MVP with the Melbourne Tigers, both before and after his one year with Seton Hall, where he led the yep. team in scoring twice in his first in their first big final four run in 1989 yep it was a very controversial thing because he was technically a pro in in australia mm -hmm. and pj signed him as basically a, a ringer as a senior uh but he was like 25 years old and uh yeah but, but yeah but then he for some reason he was on the spurs you know 10 years after he was out of college so yeah wow, wow. 
I'm going to get around this on a technicality, but I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't he, 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 but then he, he played in the Olympics for a long time. Like he, I think he may he played, I think, in, in the Sydney Olympics, I think. I could be wrong, but well, yeah, he, he, yeah, it would have been just one year after 99. Mm-hmm. So he may have even yep. played in Athens. I don't know. He, Sorry, guys. That one was too good. When I read about that guy, it was too good. Don't got him. Couldn't keep it up. <laughs> Slip it up. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Good deal. One team getting points there, and we're moving on to question number three. Twice first time Big East, eighty one and eighty two. He is not tired. Oh, um, I just check check in check in. Yep, it just hit me. Check in. All right, Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's better than mine. I, I asked Dan if it was someone named Awake. <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's close. It's uh, it's Georgetown's uh, Sleepy Floyd. Yeah. Check that in. And Philip. Based on the simultaneous, both Dan and I like reacting in the same way. I think we both you know picked up that he is not tired at the same time. Uh, I also I also checked in with Sleepy Floyd. Yeah, both teams getting points here. The answer is Sleepy Floyd. Okay, moving on to question number four. First Big East Commish in Basketball Hall of Fame helped create Dream Team. I'm checked in. Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. I don't have this one. Well, um... Do you know your uh, Big East Conference uh, commissioners? No, I don't. You sure? <laughs> I'm positive I don't know that they were the commissioner. I'm sure I know the people. Um, okay, well, who was big on the uh, the 92 Olympic? Um, like on the team? No, like just, putting it together. Yeah, um, it's, it's just because you, yeah. Uh, I mean, we think this is a former coach in the Big East or something? Uh, maybe um and became commissioner i mean i i i have no idea I, I i don't know what sort of criteria they would have looked into when they said hey we need a big east commissioner so you think maybe someone affiliated with georgetown or well it's probably affiliated with one of the one of the conference schools so yeah but, but th- that was a huge conference back in the day too so but, uh, yeah i just think with georgetown being so I mean, they were just so good. Especially, I mean, well, how- not when not when the Big East was founded. No, no. But I, if they're helping create the dream team, this person's going to be relevant in the early '90s, most likely. So, right. But how long has the Big East been around? It was like a while. I mean, long before then, like early '70s or something like that, right? Yeah. So. I mean, that's too early for like John Thompson. Yep, definitely. Yeah, and he wouldn't have been the first. He wouldn't have been the first commissioner because he was coaching. You know, I mean, yep. that's yeah. This is you would think this is someone that had, their coaching days were already over, which takes me back to coaches in the fifties and sixties, and that's not an area of expertise. Yeah, this. I mean, this this may very well be Saint John himself. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Um, yeah, uh, why don't we check in with that? St. John Redman. There it is. 
think they were Red Storm then, but it's fine. I'm just saying his last name is Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N. Okay. Sounds good. St. John Redmond. <laughs> All right. And Philip, what did you check in with? So, so Scott, you were dangerously close. This person had to quit his job as the Providence College basketball coach wow. and, athletic, and athletic director to take over as commissioner. It's uh, Dave Gavitt. Philip is uh, correct. The answer is Dave Gavitt. Uh, Gavitt, excuse me, G-A-V-I-T-T. Uh, he was the coach of Providence from 69 to 79 and the athletic director from 71 to 82. But then uh, I don't think he quit his job, his job as athletic director at Providence, but he came, oh, wow. became the Big East commissioner in 1979 when the league formed, or the conference oh. formed, I should say, sorry. I was today years old when I heard that name <laughs> for the first time. I've heard the name before. I, I think I watched a uh, either an SB Nation or a 30 for 30 or something 30, to do 30, with. 30 through, he's probably 30, on 30. the Oh, he's talked about a lot in the rec, rec room for the Big East and the 30 for 30. He's talked yes. about a lot. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Okie doke. Moving on to question number five. Current pack corner, former Toledo Rocket. He's not half a man. So this is a full size man, you're saying? He's 40. <laughs> He's a man. Oh, that's my country. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to check in. It's wrong, but I'm going to check in. All right. Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. We're gonna check in with a hat with a a, a last name. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. because th this is gonna be a play on on whole, you know, on uh, half man. So I was thinking whole, ha uh, you know, the opposite of the of a half would be a whole. Yeah, like whole man or whole men or could, you said full men. Full men could work too. Um, it could be Holman, I suppose. Again, I, I know I, some Packer corners, but I don't know. I don't know who that is. Yeah. I mean, he would, okay. let's say it's going to be one of those two. It's either going to be Fullman or Holman. What 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 should we do? Holman is more of a name, I think, that I've heard. I know Fuller. I don't know too many Fullmans. I know Brad Fulmer. So you uh, want to go? You want to go? You want to go Holman? Yeah, let's go Holman. All right, we're going to check on last name Holman. And Philip. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's probably a better answer than mine. My my answer is somebody I, who I know was on the Packers recently. I'm not sure if he still is, but uh, uh, but I know he's not a corner, so I know that that's. Uh, but he went to the University of Toledo, played for the Packers. Uh, J. Ron Elliott. Uh, one team getting points. The answer is Kadar Holman. <laughs> Never heard of that guy. I I googled the, uh, <clears throat> you know prominent Toledo Rockets or you know just whatever mm -hmm. in the NFL and Kadar Holman was the second one came up I was in desperation mode to get a uh, haiku written and I thought the ha not half a man would get you guys there so the two people I had that looked at it both said got there without having a clue who the person was so interesting Two I people never, on yeah. this show that got it had got there without knowing <laughs> who it was. So is Kadar, you said K A D A R. Kadar, K A apostrophe D A R. Okay, interesting. He's uh, so what was like what was the name friend. you said? What's that? What was the name you said? I forgot. Uh, uh, J. Ron Elliott. Oh, yeah, I was a good guy. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I definitely know that guy. Yeah, Jumbo Elliott's son. <laughs> no, Sean Elliott's cousin. No. There you go. All, All right. right. Both. Uh, could 
<laughs> After the second quarter, we have a score of Dan and Scott holding tight with 170 points and Philip still with the lead at 210. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Halftime, question number one. What Hawaii-based Ferrari-driving private investigator was known for donning his favorite Detroit Tigers baseball cap? And you must have the character's full name. Oh, I, I, ah, hold on. What is his name? And when I say full, you don't have like his middle name. It's just like, oh, what is his first name? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to check in. All right, Dan, you can talk it out. Uh, I, th- I think it's, is it, Th- is it Thomas Magnum? Oh, I mean, it was Tom Selleck. Um, right. That's a good question. What's what the hell is his first name? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I, I, is, I mean, is that? I mean, am I just saying that because it's Tom Selleck? It's Tom. <sighs> I, I can't really. I'm thinking of other names, and it's not sounding right either, though. You know, I don't, it's not like John Magnum or Jim. Thomas is what jumped out at me, but I, (laughs) yeah. And, but because it's, but that happens sometimes with actors. Sometimes we'll do that. So they don't have to answer to another name besides their own. Yeah. You know, that way when they get recognized either way, Tom works. Man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to think, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting a bunch of other names from other private investigators that aren't Magnum PI. How many private investigators do you know? <laughs> oh, there's a ton of them for shows around that time. Come on now. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with Thomas. Let's do it. Let's go. To, okay, we'll check in with Thomas Magnum. And private Philip? investigator. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I also checked in with, uh, with Thomas Magnum. Both teams getting points. The answer is Thomas Magnum. I have no yeah. flavor text here. Those are pretty. Yeah. I thought that one was pretty easy, pretty fun. All right, well, we're going to move on to question number two at halftime here. What fictional baseball manager managed the Toledo Mud Hens for 30 years before finally getting a shot to manage in the major league? For this one, I'll take whatever name you can come up with. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ch- check in on this one. All right, Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. Is this uh, is this coach from... Uh... From Cheers. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. At first, I was like, "Oh, Major League," but it's not because that's it's not right. The fact that he's yeah. giving us anything that we can come up with, right? That's pretty ambiguous. Yeah, I'm. I I think that's good. He's. Yeah, I mean. That's the best I can do. I mean, his it, his name is it's it's an Italian name. It's Ernie something. Ernie. So we can just say Coach Ernie. Yeah, let's just say Coach. We'll just say Coach. All right, we're gonna check in with Coach. 
From Cheers. From Cheers. And Philip? And you guys got, got away from the Major League hint right away. It's Lou Brown from Major League. He sold uh, tires in the offseason when he was managing the Toledo Mudhens. So, yeah, Lou Brown. One team getting points. The answer is Lou Brown, the manager for the Cleveland baseball team in the movie Major League. I don't remember that. That tidbit. It's right at the very beginning. Right at the very beginning of the movie. One team getting points. We'll move on to question number three here in halftime. In this 1999 movie, Vince Scully played himself announcing a game on TV where he didn't normally work that did not feature a team he was known to announce for. I got to check in. All right. Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. <laughs> How many times have you guys checked in before Phil? Just once? Once. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just Justin Verlander, I think, was the only one. <laughs> yeah, the one that I screwed up on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the year works out for this. Is this uh, uh, for love of the game? Yeah, that's 99. I mean, they would have had an announcer right. in that. It wasn't the yeah. Dodgers. Yeah, I was just trying to think if there's anything else from 99. And and it's a Detroit reference. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah I th- I'm pretty sure that's it. From it's uh, we'll check in with uh, for love of the game. And Philip. Yep. And yeah. He, um, I also checked in that that he was the one calling. Uh, spoiler alert: Billy Chappell's uh, no hitter in uh, for love of the game. All right, both teams getting points. The answer is for the love of a game. For the love of the game. Yeah, easy for you to say. Yeah, I just thought that was, uh, I was trying to find a way to get that movie in there because I knew that that would be a reference and I couldn't answer a question just about the Tigers because that was pretty obvious. So I had to kind of find a way to back my way into it. And then I kept on getting to announcers and announcers and their interactions with people, etc. And I knew a Ernie Harwell question would be far too easy for Philip. So I figured I'd try to do something that was a little curveballish. So there you go. And that'll bring us on to question number four. What Korean-based character known for wearing women's clothing would later be known for wearing a Toledo Mudhens jersey? Must have the character's full name. Checked in. Other instant get in here. <laughs> all right, too Dan. many. All, yeah, they're all like right in my wheel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. Is this a home court advantage game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're right in my wheelhouse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Dan and Scott. Um, I, I know who this is. Um, it's going to be getting his full name. Okay. It's, uh, I, I'm sure I have it in there. It's Corporal Klinger. From Mash, yeah, I, I knew it had to be Mash based on um, character. I need his first name though. Um, Why you don't think Corporal counts his full name? No, <laughs> I didn't ask for rank. <laughs> I, I think he gets. Uh, he got promoted. I think he gets uh, later on. Promoted, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, I man. only know him as Clinger from Mash because that's how he was referenced in the movie Shallow Hal. So. I don't. Uh, it's in there. So it's I have it in there. Okay. Come on, do it. Take the headphones off. Oh, man. He only takes the headphones off when other people are talking and annoying him. 
because it, you know he doesn't let him focus on the stuff. Well, so if other people talk talking, around, huh? yeah. then he'll Shut take up. the headphones off. And he'll go. <laughs> when you need answers and you can't seem to find them, you can always go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's off. I love it. <laughs> It's Maxwell. Yeah. So Maxwell Klinger. <laughs> Mind Palace strikes again. We're checked in. Oh my God. Hold on a second. I gotta get done for this. <laughs> and uh Philip, <laughs> what did you correctly answer? <laughs> I also said uh, uh Corporal Maxwell Klinger. Yep, and uh Philip, I'll I'll give you an extra high five if you can tell me what his middle initial is. Q. That's right. <laughs> What's his middle name? Quentin. Oh geez. That was fun. Yep, Maxwell Klinger. <laughs> I have no flavor text for that. Oh, uh, yeah, the uh, I did the actor Jamie Farr, born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. There you go. I think his full name is actually like Jamil Farah, I believe is his full. Name. Yeah, the L- the, the, L- that, but yeah. the, the, the LPGA tournament used to be named for him. So in Toledo. That's really? interesting. Yeah. That's something I was not aware of. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a Jamie Farr classic, Jamie Farr Kroger classic, Jamie Farr owns Corning classic or presented yeah. by Kroger. It had a whole sort of Did he whole, have whole like some sort of uh, something to do with starting the tournament or something? Uh, I, I don't remember all the particulars, but yeah, he was always around for He's kind of like the, until Katie Holmes, he was like the big local celebrity until Katie Holmes. Katie now, She's the big local. Holmes, oh shit! You're, you're just messing with me. Please I'm tell distracted. me that's the next question because I might have a shot at a Katie Holmes. No, question. no, the next question is not Katie Holmes. But speaking of the next question, here we go. Question number five of the halftime: The Toledo Mudhens female mascot must have trouble during games not pushing her love for the team over the borderline. What is her name? I love this question. I'm checked in. <laughs> Dan and Scott, you can tag it up. Is it Madonna? That's over the borderline. Is it Mud Donna? Mud Donna. Yeah, that's got to be it. Yeah. That would Why make wouldn't sense, it wouldn't it? Yep. It's like Jackson DeVille, the Jackson. Yeah. Yep. Mud Donna. Yeah, let's go with Mud Donna. That in. And Philip? Yep. One of my classmates when I was getting my MBA at University of Toledo was, you know, had was was her at you know as one of her little part-time jobs she was a madonna both teams getting points the answer is madonna and i tried googling and trying to figure this out to see if they stole that from the saint paul saints but uh looking up team mascot history is kind of tough so i couldn't find it so yeah the the, issue is madonna yeah madonna i think was like 2000 it's right when stadium opens so like oh i think maybe not the first year but right around you know by like oh three or oh four i think so yeah the uh the mud donna the saint paul saints mascot is a pig and uh she's been around since the mid 90s and okay. uh mud donna the uh toledo mud hens is a hen and uh a mud hen get it right yep. mud hen excuse me not a pig so yeah but anyway for that mud donna 
So uh, uh, David, you know, he came up with a lot of these. Him and I worked on these together, but that one was directly from him, and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. So, so thanks to David for that one. So, there you go. All right. After halftime, we have a score of Dan and Scott with a respectable two hundred and fifty points, but Philip still holding strong there with a lead at three hundred and ten. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. In the missing link, I took the liberty. Um, I can tell you that the questions themselves may not be in Phillip's wheelhouse, but... But the theme is... Gotcha. So don't let the wheelhouse stuff affect all of your answers. Question number one. Heisman Trophy winner Tony Dorsett began and ended his career playing against this team. In 1973, he rushed for over 100 yards in his first college game. And in the 1977 Sugar Bowl, he rushed for 202 yards on his way to a national championship. I'm going to check in. Philip has checked in. Scott and Dan, you can go ahead and talk it out. National championship game in 77. I mean, it's wasn't the national championship game. It was the Sugar Bowl. Well, I mean. Right. But it says on his way to a national championship. Right. But, I mean, at that point, it could have just been. I mean, Pitt was, was independent. Right. So. I mean, it's it's very difficult to try and figure out yeah. who in the world they would have been playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who are some of the usual suspects? I mean, uh, Penn State was probably up there. Yeah. They were independent, though, so I don't think that they would have played them in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. You'd think this, this would be a major conference team. But even that, the conferences that were around in 77 probably aren't the same ones we're thinking of now. Georgia in 77. I mean, they were national champions in 1980. So that puts us, you know, around that time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were really good. Some of the other SEC schools, not as good around that time. That may have been the, that was the end of Alabama with uh, Bear Bryant, probably. Right. I mean, USC was probably. Yeah, probably. Good. Oklahoma was probably at least in the mix. 
Yeah. Yeah. Probably all those usual suspect teams are going to be yeah. the ones that are, that were up there. Honestly, this is a crap shoot for me. Down to just picking one of them probably. Yeah. I mean, it really does. I mean, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was big 12 or big 10, but if you say big 12, then yeah, it's not the big 10. Okay. I think then it's, yeah. then it probably is. It's big, big 12 sec. So, I mean, that puts us square okay. in Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama. Yeah. One of those, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it could, that, that still keeps Georgia in the mix too, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Guess we just pick out of one of those four. Yeah. Do a lucky, uh, if there's just nothing in there. I mean, yeah. Who do a, uh, do a lucky Oklahoma. Let's do <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I'll check in with Oklahoma and Philip. I came up with this based on, you know, Sugar Bowl, I immediately associate with SEC. And then I like, it's just quite, it's kind of like traditional SEC game. And then, um, then, you know, thanks to the, uh, to the bench warmers, uh, trivia podcast, uh, the, your recent question about like, you know, 25 schools sharing the national title and whatever year that was, um, so then I just, for, for, for kind of the hell of it, I was just kind of looking at like disputed national championships. And, and so I have it educate I guess based on that question and dan you were kind of you you said it a few times i i went with georgia yep one team getting points here the answer is the georgia bulldogs wow um, nothing we can do about that no they're in our final four i'm sorry i i struggled to try to find a clue to hide in there but every clue that i came up with was just gonna give it away immediately like something about uh, you know, rushing for 100 yards in his first game in Athens, right? It's going to give it away. Something to do with the Bulldog. Uh, it's going to give it away. And so um, I was just hoping maybe one of these, that stat or that little piece of information had been stuck in someone's brain or something. So, yeah. I, I mean, I was just, just because the SEC is just a matter of like which, you know, like Georgia, Florida, Alabama. I, I thought Alabama was not as great at that point, but. Yeah, and in that 1977 game, uh, Pitt was ranked number one, and Georgia was ranked number five going into the match. Hmm. So, so there you go. Uh, your theme link answer is the Georgia Bulldogs. And we'll move on to question number number two. What university has produced more NBA players than any other in history? Okay, check in. Dan and Scott, you can talk it out. I I, I think you're right, Dan. I've got a, a feeling on uh, on Kentucky here. I just there's a lot of history there. I mean, they've just alone they've, in this millennium, they've put fifty to sixty guys in the NBA. I mean Jamal Mashburn in ninety six and <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. And then, yeah, like you said, it goes all the way back to the Adolph Rupp teams. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, and all the other schools, all the other big schools have been yep. down over there. You know, Kentucky's never really been yep. down. You're, yeah, I, I like that a lot. It, it didn't matter how hard Eddie Sutton tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll check in with Kentucky. And Philip, what did you check in with? Uh, I had it down to North Carolina, UCLA, Kansas, and Kentucky, and I I also chose uh, Kentucky. 
Both teams are correct. The answer is Kentucky at uh, 107 NBA players. Next in line is UCLA with 97 and then UNC with 90. So after two questions, your theme-linked answers thus far are the Georgia Bulldogs and the Kentucky Wildcats. Moving on to question number three. What team is the fastest AL team to win a World Series from formation to winning at 16 years? I'm going to lock in. Or, jeez, I did it again. My God. It's just like... <laughs> That's right. Round or third quarter. Um, no, no. All right. I'm going to check in. And Scott and Dan, you can talk it out. I, I think we're I, right I, behind you. I think I know it, and I think yeah. I'm wearing it. Yeah, that's got to be it. Right, because 92, they came in in 76, right? It, yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was right around then, yeah. Yep, because right before uh, like the Mariners, right? Yep, right. and we know the Mariners haven't won one. We, Sorry, we Marcus. Sorry, Marcus. Uh, yeah, we're going to check in with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, Philip, what did you check in with? Uh, I also checked in um, Toronto Blue Jays. I think they were 76 to 92. Uh, that you are correct. The answer is the Toronto Blue Jays, but their first year was 1977, and Mariners and them came in the same year. So, yeah. Oh, okay. The answer is the Toronto Blue Jays. All right. So, the theme linked answers thus far are the Georgia Bulldogs, the Kentucky Wildcats, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Both teams have submitted a uh, theme linked answer so far. So, we'll move along. Question number four. Led by the Polish Rifle, what team made its first Super Bowl appearance in the 1980 season? We'll check in. Wow. Scott and Dan have checked in. <laughs> Holy cow. Philip, I, I, either you know this already and you're just kind of being fun and letting them think of, you know, <laughs> you can talk it out to your friend yourself there, friend. Yep. Oh, uh, let's see. 1980 arch uh, super bowls are not my not my oh i i think i know okay polish rifle okay i'm going to say that's ron jaworski and say the uh uh i'm going to check in with philadelphia eagles and uh scott and dan what did you check in with yeah that's it it's uh, ron jaworski and the eagles they played the raiders in 80 both teams getting points. The answer is the Philadelphia Eagles. The theme-linked answers so far are the Georgia Bulldogs, the Kentucky Wildcats, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Question number five. On September 1st, 1971, what franchise is the first in Major League Baseball to field an all-Latino and black lineup tragically losing their number three hitter in that lineup less than 18 months later. Good. Check in. I knew he would. Yeah. Scott and Dan, you can talk it out. Yeah, it's it's the Pirates. Yeah. It's, it's the Pirates. We're checked in. And Philip, I'm going to say Pittsburgh Pirates. Both teams getting points there. The answer is the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. Both teams did submit a correct theme linked answer after the third question. However, Philip was about a minute and a half faster than Scott and Dan. So 
Uh, Philip, do you want to tell everyone what the theme-linked answer was? Uh, I'm going to say Big East mascots slash nicknames. That is correct. I took a little bit of uh, artistic license with the Philadelphia Eagles, with understanding the Eagles. that market is right, the yeah, Golden yeah. Eagles. Apologies for that one, but yeah. Uh, can you list all the names there, Philip? You know these better than I do. Bulldogs, that's uh, Butler, uh, Butler, right? Uh, Wildcats is uh, Villanova. Mm-hmm. And Blue Jays, Creighton. Golden Eagles, Marquette. And obviously, your uh, alma mater, uh, Pirates for Seton Hall. I think if you have, you know, somehow worked in a, you know, you know, uh, you know for St. John's, you know, you know, who did uh, our former president pay off? Uh, in... <laughs> the Russians? Oh, no, the Russians. Pay off. <laughs> yeah, they're called the St. John's Russians. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyway, all right. You couldn't have uh, worked the Blue Demons into this. I mean, I, I just the Friars, Providence Friars would have been fun. I, like I was saying, I was kind of having a little bit of a writer's block. So I started working on this really kind of, you know, like Saturday afternoon. And I had a cut. A, I had a tough time really getting through it. And then luckily, David helped me out big time. So actually, I just we, him and I just wrote this together this this afternoon. So if, if you want to have this for the end of the episode or whatever, I enjoy Golden Eagles. <laughs> Listen, I don't know you what that reference together means. That I got the reference. Showers one. I'll have for, to. <laughs> I never actually said. <laughs> yeah, you did. You didn't say what? I heard you say it. <laughs> so there you go. Now, now you have a Golden Eagles one. All righty. So here we go. After the third quarter, score update here. Uh, Scott and Dan uh, got 50 points with the bonus there and missed all but, or got all but one in that fourth quarter. So they have a total of 380 points. But Philip got the 100-point bonus and swept the round. He's at 510. And that will bring us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. So the categories for today are as follows. Question one, ever quotable in baseball. Question two, then there were two NCAA men's basketball. Question three, oh no, two more. More NCAA men's basketball. Question four, the big East, question mark. College conferences. And question number five, pick, pick, pick. The NBA draft. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question number one. What former mud hen is the only person to manage three different teams in the same city? You know, I, I'm, going, I'm going to uh, check in. Scott and Dan, you feel free to talk it out. I, I think this is Casey Stengel. See, the, o- the only thing that is getting me on on that is quotable i mean he is quotable but who's more quotable that was a manager in new york um well actually i don't think yogi berra he didn't he didn't manage all he didn't manage three teams in new york oh wait he actually could have played for the mud hens because 
of the timeline with the Yankees. But yeah, I. Okay. He definitely managed the Yankees. He definitely managed the Mets. Yeah. And I think he managed the Dodgers yeah, too. So. And I know he's yeah. a mudhead. All right. So. All right. All right. We'll go. We'll we'll check in with Casey Stengel for 100. And Philip, I I also uh, checked in with uh, Casey Stengel. Um, I know he was with the Mud Hens. Um, I, I knew with the Yankees and Mets. I I just wasn't sure about um, if he did either the Dodgers or Giants. But so I uh, also just uh, checked in with uh, Casey Stengel for 50 points. Yeah, if you Google the name Casey Stengel, the uh, second option under the autofill is quotes or quotable so that's why i put in there ever quotable understanding that uh people might confuse you know might get that with a uh, yogi bear a little bit too so i thought that was kind of fun but yeah casey managed the dodgers from 60 i'm sorry 34 to 36 then the yankees from 46 to 60 and the mets from 62 to 65 with a stint managing the braves in boston from 38 to 43 sandwiched in there Oh, he, he was with the Dodgers like right after the right after he was in Toledo then because he was yeah, yeah. Real close. All right, so both teams getting points there. Uh, score update here: we are at uh, 560 for Philip and 480 for Scott and Dan, and we'll move on to question number two under. Then there were two NCAA men's basketball. In the history of the NCAA men's basketball tournament the most teams from the same conference to make it to the final four in the same year is three. And it happened once named the two future hall of famers that played in that tournament, both from big East schools. Um, I, I, I'm going to uh, check in. Philip has checked in Scott and Dan, feel free to talk it out. We got to get a, got to get a year on this. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the final four teams from 85, right? Georgetown, Villanova well those two played right and um, so the other side would have been what NC State they would have been in the ACC right so was the other one like a Syracuse or a St. John so you're thinking it might be Mullen and, I was thinking uh, Mullen and Ewing initially yeah where my that was my initial reaction 85 I think yeah this has got to be 85 and this has got to be Ewing and Mullen yeah I think so I think, right. you know what, you know, I know who the other team was. The other team was Memphis in 85, okay. but I don't think there was anybody in. So, yeah. Okay. So Georgetown, Villanova, Memphis, and presumably St. John. Yeah. It's going to have to be. I, 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 I think that's got to be who it is. All right. So we are going to check in with Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen for 40 points. And Philip. Yeah. I, I, um, and Dan, I, as I, 14th is, but I think they're still a Memphis state at the time. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, I forget mm-hmm. when they dropped the state out of the, <laughs> I think it was right around the penny days when they did that. But uh, I also checked in with Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen for 100. Uh, both teams getting points there. Chris Mullins, St. John's and from St. John's and Patrick Ewing from Georgetown. But keep your fingers crossed. Uh, 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 Ed Pinkney, maybe one day. In the <laughs> <laughs> Philip pulled away a little bit there with that 100 on that one. He has uh, 662, Dan and Scott's 520. And we'll move on to question number three, which is in the, oh no, two more, more NCAA men's basketball. Of the current Big East schools, what are the only two that have never made a Final Four appearance? Uh, I'm locked in. Are you going to check in also? 
Uh, Chuck Cheese. <laughs> it. it's, it's like the, the third to last question. The stupid thing. <laughs> All right, Scott and Dan. You yes, I, I'm going to check in. I'm going to check in. All right, too late. You already locked in. So <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty sure Creighton's one of them. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Well, let's let's go through the other Big East schools and see if we can figure this out. Yep, let's do it. Well, we obviously the obvious ones we don't even need to to cover. Right. Nova, Georgetown, Syracuse. Okay, so I mean we have to cover them to make sure that we know that we've gone through them. Um, Butler's been there. Yep, of course. Uh, Connecticut, UConn's been there, of course. Uh, DePaul has been there for sure. Okay. Um, obviously Villanova, Seton Hall. Yep. Pretty sure Providence has been there. I I think they have. Marquette's definitely been there. Yep. I mean that that leaves Xavier. I can place all the other teams we named in the Final Four. Well, then as long as except for Providence, that's the only other one. I think they have. I I would think that they made it more than Xavier. All right. We'll check in with Creighton and Xavier for uh, 40 points. And Philip? Uh, I also said Creighton Xavier. Uh, I think Xavier has, I mean, you guys can look it up for, I think Xavier has like the most sweet 16s without making the final four or something like that. They've had a really successful, you know, run, but they've never made the final four. So I said uh, Creighton and Xavier, and that was 50. Yep, both teams getting points. The answer is both Creighton and Xavier. So both teams getting points. We'll move on to question number four in the big quote-unquote East under college conferences. What multiple-time NCAA Frozen Four champion placed their lacrosse in the Big East Conference? Um, I'm uh, checked in. Oh, geez. I was hoping I'm going to get one of them. I was going to sneak one by the goalie here, but nope. All right. Uh, Dan and Scott, feel free to talk it out. Don't ask me why. I think I know this, though. I think this is um, I think this is Denver, the Pioneers. Okay. They're definitely a multiple fr- uh, Frozen Four winner. And I heard something about, I mean, if you're going to be playing lacrosse and you're not in a conference that actually has lacrosse, you got to move someplace else. And you make sense. Big East makes sense to go to. And well, since I can't ask why, I'm just going to trust you. You can ask me why. I, I'm not going to be able to tell you why. I, I've heard that somewhere, I think. I, I, unless it's just, unless I'm making this whole thing up, but I'm if, pretty sure. If you're making it up, it's a terrific fun fact that you just made up. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm yeah, pretty sure it's Denver. All right. We're going to say Denver for 100 points. And Philip? Um, I also said University of Denver for 100. Both teams getting points. The answer is the University of Denver. Yeah. I, I remember when I was, you know, when I was a student, when the, all the realignment really kicked in a high gear, like the Boston College, uh, Virginia Tech, and Miami all announced they were leaving. I forget if it was my junior year or senior year, but they were. Uh, I remember I was one of the sports editors at the time and I wrote a satirical column that made it in because our editor in chief was not working that night. He was out partying instead. And, uh, and it got in uh, just uh, asking like how you define the, the word East with the, the new Big East. That's when people were talking about Gonzaga being in the Big East. And then 
then it evolved into like uh, eventually after all the everybody left, it evolved into like San Diego State and Boise State and the Big East. And then, <laughs> but then, and, and then sure enough, once the Big East and and the, you know what's now the American did split. Yeah, sure enough, they they brought in Denver for <laughs> for lacrosse. For lacrosse, yeah. Well, moving into the fifth question, I'm just going to tell you there is a chance here for things to get interesting because uh, Philip has 810 points and Dan and Scott has 660 or have 660, which will take us to question number five in the fourth quarter, which is pick, pick, pick about the NBA draft. 2001 was the last year that a Seton Hall men's basketball player was drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. One was number seven to the Nets, and the other one was number 26 to the Sixers. Name both players. And I think we can check in. Checked in. Yeah. Oh, geez. Both checked in. <laughs> well, just because. We haven't uh, checked in. I said we can, like, meaning. Okay. Well, Philip has checked in. Scott and Dan, feel free to talk it out. This is your world, Scott. I'm just living in it. I've been waiting the whole game for an Eddie Griffin question. And I was like, (laughs) when is it when is it gonna happen? And when Matt finally revealed the categories and said pick, I was like, this has to be Eddie Griffin, right? Um, so it's definitely Eddie Griffin. And I would imagine it it's Samuel Dallenbert at 26. Um the Sixers make sense as the team. And I know he was a first round draft pick. Um, Adrian Griffin also uh, played for Seton Hall, but I don't know that he got drafted by the Sixers. So I'd be more inclined to go with uh, Griffin and Dallenbert. Well, um, that's fine with me. I mean, to, to quote Mason, Dallenbert, that's a name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to check in for 100 points with Eddie Griffin and Samuel Dallenbear. And Philip? I had the same too. Uh, uh, Eddie Griffin, um, rest in peace. You know, and we're not talking about undercover brother, Eddie Griffin. We're talking about like, you know, we're, the, the, correct. Uh, we're talking about, about, you know, the, the young man who tried to, to destroy the Seton Hall program from the inside out, Eddie Griffin uh, at seven. And then uh, Sam Dallenbear, uh who had a surprisingly long career with the Sixers and, and other teams as well. Yep. Both teams getting points. The answer is Eddie Griffin and um, Samuel Dallenbear. Thank you, Matt. Final. Thank you for that. Cause I have literally been waiting all game for, for Eddie Griffin to come up. I thought I was going to sneak one by either one of you, but I had a tough time there. So the game has come to an end and here are our final scores. Scott and Dan finishing with uh, a respectable 760 points. But our clipboard captain of the game receiving the coveted Bruce Gradkowski Award with 860 points is Philip Sanford. Congratulations, Philip. Thank you guys very much. And this is a, you know, definitely fun to, you know, fun wheelhouse. <laughs> wheelhouse <laughs> game. I mean, it, it definitely really fed into lots of like good sports i was like terrified because i wasn't sure well first i wasn't sure exactly what categories but i know i put in some categories like in different google forms throughout the uh throughout the your your show's history so yeah i was i was kind of just like just not sure what to expect but no this is fun it's really really fun and i always enjoy being on the podcast and uh it's a lot more fun playing as i told josh uh bomb back uh 
when, when I get, you know, when I handed him a bunch of you know questions I had written about another potential hosting, it's a lot more fun playing than hosting. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Oh, I think it's the opposite. I'd I do too. Host I love play. hosting. <laughs> I, well, I, Matt, we think it's the opposite because we don't get questions right when we play. So I think that's why yeah. we like hosting better. That's but. a good one. Thank you, David, for helping me out with this and Eric for proofreading it for me. And Scott, I like the accommodations on the L train. It's it's comfortable. It's a it's right. a nice ride. It, it, it really is. We've we've upgraded recently. Now you know uh, people bought some merch, and that I put that back into the you know the actual locomotives themselves, and we got some comfier seats, a heated seats in the winter. So, oh, it's it's really nice in here. I'm I could I could I could yeah. kick back and relax here. It, it doesn't stop anywhere near the mine palace though, so I need to you know, allowed, make a connection uh, anywhere but... near the mine palace. So the, tr- <laughs> the train just goes in the opposite direction. But on Saturday nights, we usually have a lounge singer. It's a Madonna impersonator. So make sure you ride on a Saturday. It'll be a lot of fun. But hey, so uh, listeners out there, uh, we like doing these uh, home court advantage games, and they go really fast for us. So if you want to be doing if you want to be on to do a home court advantage let us know we would love to do them they're fun to do they require less labor on our side because they're faster games to edit and it only requires three bench warmers so we like it so eric and i are available you know we can yeah what what, what about that what if you do like a um, home court advantage like one of the bench warmers and have like two like two like Two head coaches Guests. or two like a, a coach, two assistant, mm. and a head coach, an equipment manager, or whatever. The other, yeah, I'd be Love down it. for that. I'd I'd yeah. play a home court advantage if it was an all draft quest, an all draft game. I'll face <laughs> two people on the bench. Let's do it. How about like the nineteen sixty one NBA draft? No, we can just make it drafts and <laughs> football and basketball drafts in general. That way, it's easier to write. Not like a specific year. That'd be no one wants to listen to that. All right, so. Uh... Anything else, gentlemen, before we wrap it up? T Public, go buy merch. Um, yeah, no, just uh, it was that was a fun game, Matt. Thank you for for writing that. I it was enjoyable. You know, when these home court advantage episodes, it's for me as far as my availability is concerned. It's all right. What is the guest wheelhouse? What sort of sports are they into? Is it anything that interests me or that I know even a fraction of something about? Usually, the answer is no, so I don't sign up for them. <laughs> but in Phillips' case, it's like oh, Big East basketball. I, okay, like I can hold my own at least a little bit in that. So I'm glad that I decided to to be on this one. I mean, because it it seems overwhelming, you know. It's like Phillips coming on, and this is his wheelhouse, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get smoked. This is gonna be, you know, just not fun for me. But it was the exact opposite. So this was a lot of fun, Matt. Um, you know, no Tommy Amaker questions. A little bit surprising. Billy Bean, Dick Vitale, Dulé Hill could have been a halftime question. Really, oh, Hill. But I, I did my research. Okay, coming into this, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, that was a lot of fun. You also, you also have uh, Chuck Connors, the the Rifleman, who uh, <laughs> oh, who played both right. basketball and baseball for Steve Hall. Thanks for coming on, Bill. It's always a pleasure. Well, then thank you for having me. It's, it's, it, I, I enjoy it a lot, and, and, and looking forward to listening to more episodes. Well, thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, and until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes! Yes! Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him 
for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.